From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on Your Health. I'm Tom Clark, here with Family Doc Zorba Pastor to talk with you about what's new in healthy living, share some down-to-earth advice, and great lifestyle tips to help you get the most out of life. If you have a question for the good doc, the number to call is 800 462 7413. And along with your calls, we have some topics to talk about, Zorba. Yes, we're going to talk about asthma and allergies linked to heart disease. What is this new data show? And old skin cells may be reprogrammed to regain youthful function. Hmm. Oh. I wonder what the cosmetics industry thinks about that. Okay. And what's our special recipe today? Mango shrimp tacos. I love tacos. I happen to like mango. And I know you like shrimp, right? Well, let's say uh, yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mango shrimp tacos. I know that Tom can't wait to go to his kitchen to actually produce these. Right, Tom? Actually, yeah, I, I can't wait to get to the phones. <laughs> 1-800-462-7413. 1-800-462-7413. Our first caller joins us now, Zorba, from Spokane, Washington. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? So I am a 30-year-old woman mm-hmm. who has been a moderate-distance runner most of my life. What's moderate but distance? In- Moderate is less than, probably less than 15 or 20 miles a week. See, that's a lot of running. Okay, you've been doing that for most of your life. So, And in the summer of 2020, I developed first right and then left metatarsal pain uh-huh. and then left sesamoiditis oh. without really any apparent cause or injury. And over the next eight months, I saw sports medicine doctors and two different orthopedic surgeons specializing in feet and ankles. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I went through diagnostically, um, x-rays and mm-hmm. MRIs were right. unremarkable, right. and had some basic testing for immune-mediated disease that mm-hmm. was normal, mm-hmm. and went through the gamut of treatments, mm-hmm. so strict rest, post-surgical boots, an oral steroid trial, mm-hmm. and then moved on to physical therapy and a steroid injection in that sesamoid. Mm-hmm. Into the um, sesamoid bone. Wow. So you really had a lot that was done. You went through a, you've gone through a whole gamut of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of exhausted all of my treatment options. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, one of the orthopedic surgeons said it might be a functional pain. Mm-hmm. And so my first question is, I don't really know what that means. What is, what is functional pain? Well, first of all, functional pain means we don't know what causes it. So that's <laughs> another word for, well, it's functional. What does that mean? Well, it means it's going along with what's actually aching, and we don't have a way of knowing what it is. So sometimes we call it functional pain. It's really dysfunctional pain. What's funct- what is functional about pain? Nothing. It's really a misnomer. It should be dysfunctional pain. But they mean it may be pain with the joints that are moving within your foot, and we can't figure it out. So that's the first question. What's the second question? I've still been avoiding impact mm-hmm. activities, but would really love to get back to running and tennis. And right. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not. Well, let's look at a few things. So first of all, we put to rest functional pain. You've, you've done everything that we know probably scientifically to figure out what this is. And and keep in mind, we can only figure out so much with things. You know, the MRI shows something, the X-ray shows something, a CAT scan shows something. All these things are trying to figure out what it is. And and the goal is trying to figure out basically if there's something in the bone or in the joint. That's kind of what it's looking at. And then when you do steroids, it's let's get rid of the inflammation that may be in the bone and the joint. And the fact is you may have pain in one of the ligaments for some reason that we don't understand. Here it is. You're a young person in your 30s. Yes, you're a moderate runner, but why should you have pain? And sometimes we don't have the answer, and we don't have a way of of figuring it out because we don't have the technology there. Or we'll never have the answer. We don't know. So... Uh, you've changed your shoes, obviously, right? You've had different shoes, correct? Yes. How much can, when you run, when does your pain start? Well, most often the pain is actually just a, kind of an everyday walking mm-hmm. around the house. It's typically worse after uh-huh. I've been non-weight-bearing. Mm-hmm. First thing in the morning, if I've been sitting. Uh-huh. You, walk um, bare, you walk barefoot around the house or just in your socks? No, I have uh, mm-hmm. Birkenstocks 
is what they recommended. Right, right. So you're never walking, I mean, unless you're in the shower, pretty much so, you're not walking without Mm -hmm. something cushioning your feet, right? Not anymore, yeah. Good, because that's that's a really important thing. Are you taking anti-inflammatories every day? No. Have you done that at all? I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard one of your shows where mm-hmm. someone had big, yeah. had big toe pain, and I did the two-week non-steroidal trial you recommended. Uh-huh. Well, um, I'll tell you what I would do right off the bat. I would take two over-the-counter leave twice a day, and I would do it for. I would do it for like a few months. That's what I would do. I would mm-hmm. immediately take an anti-inflammatory on a regular basis, and frankly, if it works, I've had people on anti-inflammatories for thirty, forty years. And I do a kidney function test once a year, and they survive. And when you're in your 50s or 60s, then it becomes a different issue. If you have not been on an anti-inflammatory on a regular basis, that's what I would do. I like naproxen because it's twice a day. Ibuprofen is three times a day. Uh, Aleve, I would take at least two tablets. I wouldn't take one tablet. I would take two tablets. They're all the same. That would be 440 milligrams. I would take that twice a day. That's all I would do. And then I would, and I would do everything else you're doing, which I'm sure you're doing with stretching. I, I, mm-hmm. Because you sound like you've really done a lot, so I'm going to make an assumption you do those things. Why don't you just go on a leave for a few months and see if that works? You haven't done that. Okay. that and I've no. got to tell you something about bone pain. Bone pain is alleviated by anti-inflammatory drugs much more than narcotics. Mm. But it turns out the best thing to relieve a pain when the FDA approves anti-inflammatory drugs or narcotics, rather, they compare it to ibuprofen for people who have wisdom teeth removed. That's their, you know, that's actually what they do. But there's nothing like a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory for bone and joint pain. I would do that. And then if that worked then I would consider running a smaller amount of time and see what happens to your sesamoid bone. That's what you should do. I am 100% convinced that if you have not had a trial of anti-inflammatories, did any of the doctors recommend you take it for like three or four months or six months? No. Oh, no. that's so interesting. They should. I mean, these drugs are amazing. I remember when ibuprofen first came out back in the day, which is around the time that I first started medicine, and it was a miracle drug. I mean, there's nothing like it. It's not addictive. It's not a narcotic. And all of the anti-inflammatories work pretty much the same way. That's what you need. Okay. I'll give it a try. Give it a try. Let us know what's going on in a few months. Take it and see and let us know. Seriously. Okay, okay, absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Thanks so much. Yep. We really appreciate that call at 800-462-7413. Zorba, before our next call, allergies, asthma, linked to heart disease, according to a study. Well, wouldn't that be something? I mean, I have allergies. Does that mean I'm going to get heart disease? I don't have asthma. Does that mean I'm going to, you know, get heart disease? Well, it's kind of an interesting study that brings up it may be uh, one of the risk factors for developing high blood pressure, you know, and heart disease. And this particular study, you know, was, was presented... Uh, at the Korean Society of Cardiology meeting. So, it, you know, it's not published in a referee journal. It's a study that's presented. But it looked at other risk factors, and it really looked at asthma as one of them. And we know that high blood pressure, high cholesterol, lack of exercise, obesity, diabetes, smoking, family history, these all, once again, put us a link. You know, the number one killer in the world today is premature heart attacks and you know, and death from that. And so, you know, we worry, of course, about COVID, logically to worry about COVID. It's a good reason to think about that. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, we can still do a lot to reduce the risk of heart disease. And it may be controlling your asthma and allergies may be exactly one of these things. So previous studies have have shown that disorder. But these researchers looked at about 10,000 people in a national health survey uh, after controlling for all these other risk factors for heart disease. Lo and behold, they found that people with asthma were at a higher risk. Now, it may be that the asthma doesn't do it, but maybe it's the medications for asthma. Now, do you have allergies, Tom? No. No. And you don't have asthma. No. At all. You don't wheeze at all. But, uh, but if you have asthma, you take an inhaler, and the inhalers that we give, especially the rescue inhalers, increase your, uh, increase your pulse. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to use it more than twice a week because we know that's really not good. It may be that over time, these inhalers that are used for asthma are not really good. It's really the asthma component that I think that, it, that is 
is most important. So the bottom line for this study is people with asthma just have to make sure that they spend, that they are even more careful to make sure that they reduce the other risk factors for heart disease. They certainly shouldn't smoke, make sure that their blood sugar is checked once a year, that their cholesterol is checked on a regular basis, and that they treat it. That's kind of the bottom line for this. So I think it's another thing that it may be another risk factor that we tick off for premature heart attacks. It's got to be repeated. It's one study published uh, out of the Korean Society of Cardiology. But once again, these one studies, they're not one and done. They often link us to other things that are important. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. 800-462-7413. If you have a question for Zorba, 1-800-462-7413. Now, Zorba, we welcome a listener in Buffalo, New York. Hi. Hello. Yeah, how can we help? Well, I'm a senior citizen, 68 years old, and... Recently, I have felt like I'm having problems with ligaments, joints, and most of my connective uh, parts of my body. (laughs) Got it. it. Welcome to the Senior Citizen Hour. No, wait a minute. You can't call yourself a senior citizen (laughs) until you're at least 80. 80, right. Yeah. That's the real senior. You're you're a young senior citizen. I'm a real senior citizen. That's right. You You are... you are the senior citizen. Yeah. And joint pain, I, I'm really, you should have joint pain in your 60s. I mean, I'm only making fun of this because I, too, am a member of that class of society. And Tom is the senior member of that class. Of oh, society. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how can we help you? Well, I'm trying to find out if there's supplements I should be taking that can replenish my uh, connective tissue and mm-hmm. my supporting structure more than I can I you know, after I, I do a workout in the gym, uh-huh. I'm just so sore. Oh, sure. I don't know if I'm taking the right yeah. stuff. What sort of exercise do you do? Well, I do okay when I go into the pool and do aerobics with the aerobic class, or I do some swimming. That's no that's no big thing. But you know, I I walk. I try to walk, and then I, you know, if every time I go into lift weights, I don't do heavy weights because I'm not. I just can't. Don't have the strength anymore for levy. What I used to maybe press 70, 80 pounds, you know, do repetitions mm-hmm. of 70, 80, and now I'm down 20 or 30 reps, of, you. you know, 20 or 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, breath. first of all, do you hydrate before you go in? Uh, no, well, Ad- I'm not sure. So, ad- adequate hydration is really important before you exercise. And you really want to do it at least 20 minutes to a half an hour before so your muscles and the ligaments in your body are really well hydrated. That's that's kind of important. Because often, at least for many of us, we get up in the morning, I may have a cup of coffee or two cups of coffee, uh, but I'm, I'm really not hydrated. And I think about it, you know, here it is. <clears throat> Maybe I've gone to sleep at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I haven't had anything to eat or drink, you know, for the next eight hours. I often don't have a lot to drink before I go to sleep because I don't want to get up multiple times during the night. And I get up in the morning, if I'm going to exercise in the morning, I'm really water deficient. So you want to make sure you hydrate. That's probably a major key issue. Now, if you have joint pain, sometimes glucosamine and chondroitin sulfate can make a difference uh, for some people. But it's very iffy. Some people, hey, I take it, makes better, feel like I'm getting something out of it. And other people say, you know, I've taken it, doesn't do much. So I like the on-again, off-again test. You try it for two weeks, uh, glucosamine and chondroitin sulfate. You stop for two weeks, you try it for two weeks, you stop for two weeks. And when you choose which one to get, I recommend that you buy a store brand because they'll stand behind it. Walmart, Costco, Target, CVS, because they're going to stand behind their brand. A lot of it, believe it or not, they don't have glucosamine. They don't have very much in it. The labels can lie because they don't have to prove anything based on testing. And so you want to make sure you have a good brand. I would try that for a supplement. Now, do you take vitamin D? I did start to take vitamin D um, uh, at the suggestion uh-huh. of my doctor. Yeah. My I might doctor try. Did you might just it. take some vitamin D, 2,000 units, see if that makes a difference. And the other thing that might make a difference, I don't know if it will or won't, there's some interesting research on vitamin C and whether or not vitamin C may help with healing. I don't know if it's real or not real. Vitamin C is sort of the vitamin in search of its properties. We know if you don't have enough C, you get scurvy. That's not the issue. But you might want to try some vitamin C, 500 milligrams twice a day. 
and see if that helps. So I'd hydrate, I'd take D, I'd try some vitamin C, and then I'd take glucosamine, chondroitin sulfate, and get the right stuff. Now, I do want to tell you something. Your body will never feel like it did in the 20s. <laughs> it's not going to go back to that. You're going to have aches and pains, but they might be better. You're not going to be a 20-year-old body when you really didn't think about your joints and you recovered right away. But you could do better, that's for sure. Good luck. Thank you, Zorba. Thank You're you. Welcome. Take care. Thanks for listening. Yeah. 800-462-7413. A voicemail now, Zorba, from Knoxville, Tennessee. Hello. I heard that cheese actually flips something in the body similar to an opioid. And I was wondering if this was true, because as I was eating it, and I love cheese, a friend said, you know that it's like an addiction. It's like eating an opioid, a mild opioid. And she was saying that, like, I'm sorry to tell you this. And I was like, oh, well, that explains why I like cheese. Uh, so anyway, that's my question. And love your show. Thanks. Bye. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> cheese is an opioid. Does that mean the government is going to start to regulate cheese and we have to get a doctor's prescription for any cheese? Let's hope not. <laughs> but but, but a cheese, certainly cheese, which is one of the most wonderful things in life. We live in Wisconsin. We're always pro-cheese. Uh, but when we eat foods that we like, like cheese, it definitely increases endorphins in our bodies and makes it makes it feel really good. But I think thinking of cheese as an opioid is probably something that is a little bit out there in left field. So we'll just leave that as one of the more interesting things in life. 800-462-7413 if you have a question for Zorba. Before we take a break, Zorba, we always love hearing from the grammar police. Yes, we do. But here's a new one. <laughs> this email came to us uh, from the seldom heard from division of the grammar police. This one is from the Spice Police. <laughs> oh, no, it's the Spice <laughs> the following email came to us from a listener named Jerry, who writes, Dear Dr. Zorba and Tom, on a recent Tom, episode... how do you like that? Uh, Dear Dr. Zorba and Tom, it's he's a, giving it's, you... It's, it's no, a throwaway. He's it's giving a throwaway. You, no, he's giving yeah. you credit. He likes you. Okay. Otherwise, he wouldn't mention your name. They all like you. Do, Our listeners love you, Tom. That's do, It's your spice. You're do, the spice do, of the do, show. Dear Dr. Zorba <laughs> and Tom, on a recent episode, I heard you say, there's one spice... They're going to find difficult to fault me on. You know what that spice is? Salt. I regret to inform you <laughs> that salt is a food seasoning, not a spice. A spice is a seed, fruit, root, bark, or other plant substance primarily used for flavoring or coloring food. Salt, of course, is a mineral. Frankly, this is a shameful oversight <laughs> on your part. Shameful. shameful. Naughty, shameful. naughty, naughty with the uh, fingers, you know? It's, it's, you know, don't do it. Right as now. the man who invented the bullion cube <laughs> with its high salt content. And may I end with a heartfelt thank you, Tom. <laughs> see, Actually, that's it. You see, it's I'm a, just, I'm just it's reading a it here. Letter. I'm, I'm not making it's this up. It's a Tom up. letter. That's what <laughs> it I'm is. I'm not making this up. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Actually, in our house, we know him as Twinkle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Because like the snack cake, he is still perfectly preserved after all these decades and equally as sweet. Preserved, that's right. You mean you've got trans fats in your body and that's why you're preserved. I can't get over that. I'm going to read it again. I'll go on. Did you catch a mistake Zorba made? Feel free to spice up our show by posting on our Facebook page or by sending us an email at Zorba at, I could say spice, but Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls coming up, more of your emails, and we'll be uh, cooking up some tasty mango shrimp tacos 
All of that coming up on Zorba Pastor on your health from PRX, the public radio exchange. Tom Clark with Family Doc Zorba Pastor here on Zorba Pastor on your health. 800-462-7413 if you have a question for Zorba. But Zorba, before our next call, mango shrimp tacos. Okay, okay, Tom. Okay. When was the last time you ate a taco? It's been a while. Meaning what? At your age, a while could be decades. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> could. <laughs> It may have been, actually. It may have been. You don't remember the last time you had a taco, no, I right? Know. No, you don't no. remember. How about shrimp? I'm not crazy about You're not crazy about no. shrimp? I love shrimp. Now, I happen to like the taste of mangoes, but I find this sort of difficult to use all the time when I'm doing it. I love shrimp. Uh, and as far as tacos are concerned, it's also sort of plus minus. But recently I went to a restaurant. I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm you know, at this moment. But they brought out this wonderful fish tacos, and I started eating fish tacos, and I like them. I mean, I like fancy tacos. But tacos for kids are great. I mean, they love them. You know, we often have, we had tacos when our children were younger. But this is an adult taco. So um, let's make the recipe. Let's. Yeah. Okay. Start out with a mango, and you have to cube it. A cubed mango. And by the way, if you've never worked with a mango, go to YouTube on how to cube a mango because it's got a big cherry, a big, um, it's it's a stone in the middle of the mango. And there's some wonderful ways that you can actually cube it easier. So we're going to put that. Carl, can we put that on our website? Yep, no okay. problem. We're going to put it on our website. Because you, you really, if you've never learned how to cube a mango properly, you got to mm-hmm. do it. Um, jalapeno, pe- uh, jalapeno pepper, thinly sliced. Jalapeno, thinly sliced if, pepper. Yeah, yeah, and if you don't want a jalapeno, don't put it in. And if you love hot stuff, use a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Handful of cilantro, minced. Okay. Uh, quarter of a white onion. Use a white onion if you've got it in this case. And the reason is a white onion is going to be a little bit more gentle. Quarter white onion diced. Juice from a lime and a little more for serving. So you got to have some limes. Juice from a lime and plus eat, more serving. And then you're going to use a pinch of salt. Salt, okay. yeah. Um, now, for the grilled shrimp, two teaspoons of ancho chili powder, uh, a teaspoon of ground cumin, mm-hmm. a half teaspoon of smoked paprika. Regular paprika will work, but smoked is better. Half a little tea smoked paprika. Quarter teaspoon of salt. Quarter little tea salt. Pound of shrimp. A pound of shrimp, deveined, cleaned, and peeled. I have to admit, sometimes I take the shrimp and I just chop it up. I really don't care about the veins. But some people are vein, vein. They don't like veins at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to use some vegetable oil and some cooking spray. Vegetable oil, cooking spray. That's right, either one of those. And tortillas. Tortillas. Now... Corn or flour, your choice. Mm -hmm. So let's make it. Okay. Preheat the grill, your grill or grill pan over medium heat, and then in a medium bowl, mix together cubed mango, jalapeno, cilantro, white onion, and juice from a lime, and a few pinches of salt. Set that aside because that's basically going to be your salsa. In a small bowl, whisk together the acho, chili powder, ground cumin, smoked paprika, and salt. Sprinkle the spice mixture over the shrimp. Make sure it's thoroughly coated. Transfer the shrimp to the grill. Cook them on each side for about two minutes until the shrimps have turned pink and opaque. Do not overcook it because it doesn't taste as good. To serve it, put the shrimp on the tortillas, two to three shrimp per tortilla. Top it with a few tablespoons of mango salsa. Extra squeeze of lime, lime on the side, sit down, have yourself a margarita or two margaritas if you're so inclined. Sit back and 
watch watch life go by in an enjoyable Let us know if you actually enjoy this after you've gone through all this Come on, come on, it's a lot. (laughs) You mean, mean, is it worth the work to actually... That's what I'm asking, yeah. You see, you're more for rip it open and do it. But if you want want to, you can go to our website, zorbapastor.org, to find this recipe, other recipes. You can learn the skinny, what's behind the scenes on Tom from our website, zorbapastor.org. You've got all these people that are interested in, in the backstory of your life. Good. And, 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 you could, and you could find us on Facebook. 800-462-7413. 1-800-462-7413. And our next caller is with us now, a listener in New York City. Hi. Hi. How can we help? Uh, I've been having a problem uh, for about a year now or so, maybe actually more than a year. Um, I had surgery in December of 2020, uh, back surgery, and after that, during my recovery, I started to itch. It's only intensified since that time where it's constant and it's all over my body. In addition to that, I started to develop other symptoms of my skin actually changing in Mm. texture. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm 61 years old, Mm -hmm. and my hands now look like I've been working with glass. Mm -hmm. It's just my hands have developed Mm -hmm. all these sort Mm -hmm. of cuts, and it's very strange. Mm -hmm. So in addition to which I'm having this problem, Mm -hmm. and it's progressive Mm -hmm. in that my skin is changing at some point in December Mm -hmm. of last year. I actually, the trunk of my body actually started to look leathery. Oh. And I've always mm-hmm. had very smooth skin, never any excellent. Suddenly it changed and the texture has changed. I've been trying to find every doctor in the world to address this issue. Um, in addition to which, um, my granddaughter drank from my water bottle as she was being playful, mm-hmm. and now she seems to have contracted it as well. Your granddaughter? Um, huh. Yeah. Huh. A little one, and so she's got constant itching. Oh, uh, let's look at a few things here. First of all, uh, you've gone to other, you've gone to a few physicians, right? I've gone to dermatologists, mm-hmm. I've gone to immunologists, mm-hmm. I've gone to gynecologists, <laughs> I've gone to my GP. <laughs> I've gone to... <laughs> when well, you said gynecologist, <laughs> I knew that you had done gone to everyone. <laughs> I've gone to everybody who I can think to go to. <laughs> so let's look at a few things. Let's, first of all, let's look at from uh, your hands. First of all, do you, when you wash dishes, you use gloves or not? I do. Okay. And in terms of soap that you use when you shower, what kind of, how often do you shower? I shower daily. I use Why a, you shower, a warm shower. But you should I not don't. be, you should not be showering daily. Okay. Twice a week, not daily. Twice a week. You are showering too much and you're not okay. leaving natural oil on your skin. Very important. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. In other words, in other words, you want your body to have more natural oil on it. You don't want it to have less right. natural oil. And when we shower okay. every day, we're actually exfoliating. We're getting rid of the top layer of our skin. We're getting rid of the oil on our skin. And that ends up being, uh, it's a self-serving prophecy. So we itch more, we get dry more, we try to get dry more, and we don't. you don't want to be dry. You want to be wet. You want to have moisture that is retained in your skin. So twice a week, at most, showering is what you should do. And then when you shower, and you know, unless you really love a shower, it should be with water that is not too hot, like you said, using Dove soap, very important. Right. And you don't want to. Which is what I do. And you want to kind of clean yourself in the shower, but taking a long shower should not be something in your repertoire. Oh, no, no, no. I do five minutes. I'm, I'm all about conservation. Conservation. So it's about a five minute shower, I'm in and I'm out. Perfect. Um, Twice but in a week. Meantime, Yes, I've been using one doctor prescribed ammonium lactate mm-hmm. to, and another doctor has also added hydroxyzine mm-hmm. because it's just the itching is so bad at night when mm-hmm. I'm sleeping, even that I can't sleep. Okay, so um, uh, so let's so let's talk about nighttime itching. We talked about showering. Uh, are you taking anything for itching before you go to sleep? I take a Claritin and I take two to three of the hydroxyzine. Mm-hmm. 
at night okay. to help me sleep. And mm-hmm. but again, this is around the clock. This itching right, thing right. is around the okay. clock. So I'm going to give you. I'm going to recommend another drug that is in a different category that has been known to help for itching. It's very interesting drug. It's gabapentin. Or rather, pre. Oh, I have some of that too. Have you been taking it or pregabalin? I haven't been taking the gabapentin um, because it was given to me initially when I had the back surgery. Okay, so here's what I would recommend: small doses of gabapentin. But gabapentin, there's a sister drug called pregabalin, which is now generic, so it's not nearly as expensive. Fifty milligrams, five zero, fifty milligrams twice a day may also help you a lot with your itching. You can go up to 150 milligrams three times a day, but I would start out with 50 milligrams twice a day, and I would add that to the regime and see what that does. It's an anti These are anti-seizure drugs that work in neuropathic pain, but they have great consistency, both gabapentin and pregabalin. I like pregabalin a little bit better now because it appears to be now that, now that it's generic, I think it's a better drug because it's cheaper. Pregabalin, 50 milligrams, two to three times a day, may help you with your itching more than the other drugs. Don't stop the other drugs, but the pregabalin may be the answer for your itching. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks. And let us know what happens. Yeah, we appreciate the call at 800-462-7413. 1-800-462-7413. A voicemail now, Zorba, from El Paso, Texas. Hi, I am diabetic, and I get candy cravings. So when I go to the store and I buy sugar-free candy, I notice on the back of the ingredients list, there is alcohol sugars. What are those? Are alcohol sugars just as bad as regular sugar for me? Thank you. Uh, the answer is no. They're not as bad for you. They're not alcohol sugars, um, which which they put in there. They put in small amounts. And the reality is, when it comes from a diabetic point of view, if you look at the candy you're getting, you look at the calories, and the calories are what you want to reduce because calories are really basically carbohydrates, uh, sugars and carbohydrates that you are actually metabolizing. So uh, there's, that has to do with the ingredients in there and very small amounts that are in there. But if, you, but if you look at things, like I was looking up how many calories there are in espresso coffee because I thought to myself, I wonder how many calories there are in espresso. Well, there are five calories. That's really not very much at all. Where do they come from? I don't know. I mean, it comes from an analysis of it. So the alcohol sugars, don't be concerned. And yes, as a diabetic, you want to get sugar-free candies. if you have a question for Zorba. And before the break now, Zorba, let's do that segment where a real-life doctor... That's me. ...takes on the mighty Internet. That's them. This is (laughs) Google Doc. We get it, Google got it. <laughs> The following email came to us from a listener named Tona, who writes, Hello, Dr. Zorba and Tom. I hope you are both staying well. I read recently that you should not rely solely on blood pressure measurements taken in the doctor's office mm-hmm. and should take additional measurements at home. Do you agree? And if so... How often should these additional be taken? In both arms, I'm a 65-year-old black female with no personal history of high blood pressure, but a very strong family history. I am 5'7", weigh 140 pounds, exercise regularly, and try to eat a healthy diet. Well, first of all, it sounds like she's doing all the right stuff to keep from getting high blood pressure. Family history high blood pressure means you're more likely to get it. Home monitoring blood pressure cuffs are excellent. And the reason is sometimes in the doctor's office, your pressure goes up. Now, when you see your doctor, do you get anxious? Do I get anxious? Yeah. No, I know my doctor pretty well. (laughs) 
<laughs> and why would I be anxious? <laughs> that's, that's exactly, that's right. You know your doctor pretty well. Folks, you can imagine who his doctor is. Uh, but the reality is there's something called white coat hypertension where people have blood pressure when they come mm. in the office, but they don't have it at home. I recommend that people get a good blood pressure cuff, uh, uh, especially if they want to know what their pressure is. On the arm, I don't think the wrist the wrist ones are not as good as the arm blood pressure cuff. I like Omron, O-M-R-O-N. They make a very good blood pressure cuff. You can get one for $39.95. I am not selling it personally. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you. I looked at, But the Omron blood pressure cuffs are very accurate. They work well. They don't cost a lot of money. See what your blood pressure is like at home. I mean, check it every so often, once every couple of months. No, you know, no rush here. You have to check it, check it on a regular basis, unless you're, uh, you know, you're on blood pressure meds and you're regulating them. But then you'll get a better reading. And should you do it on both arms? Yeah. If you can do it, if you can handle it, put it on one arm, check it on another arm, because the answer is sometimes the arms are different, and then you average both together, and that's your real blood pressure. So the answer is yes. In this case, the information she got on Google. On the web was correct. Do you have a healthy living question for Dr. Zorba? Or want to know about Tom? Just post it on our <laughs> Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls coming up, another interesting topic to talk about, and more listener emails as well. All that coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. The Public Radio Exchange. Tom Clark with Family Doc Zorba Pastor here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. 800-462-7413 is our number if you have a question for Zorba. But Zorba, before our next call, old skin cells reprogrammed to regain youthful function. So, so now, wouldn't you like to look like you're like 25 years old? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't think I would. Maybe maybe 50. How about 50? But, but, no, 50. but not 25. 50. You know, you know yeah. it's funny because when I talk about old age, I always say we have to define old age. Old age is 25 years older than you are today. Yeah. And I would like to say it. It. So you immediately went back to that. You'd like to be like 50. <laughs> that would be okay. Well, uh, have you ever heard of cosmetics? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And And... Cosmetics can claim that we're going to make you look 20 years younger. I mean, that's what it is if you look at cosmetics, and they're expensive, a lot Mm. of money. Well, this isn't cosmetics, but this is kind of introductory beginning research out of out of uh, it was the Barbraham Institute in England. Doesn't that sound like an official place? <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. First of all, the word institute automatically makes it better, right? Yeah. And England must be right. Must be. Right. My, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if, if it were the something you know study in you know some other country, it wouldn't have the same wouldn't have the same panache. So they're doing research. They want to look at whether or not they can take skin cells and turn back the clock to make them look more vibrant. And they they published some research, and it's really in very early stage. Our cells lose the ability over time to work in a young way. And there's something called telomeres, which are the ends of our cells. And as they get shorter and shorter, we get older and older. And mm-hmm. why this actually occurs, we don't know. And so there is some issues with taking stem cells. We've talked about stem cells on this show for years and years and trying to make stem cells work better? Can we reprogram this? And lo and behold, they are working now with skin cells to see whether or not they can make them look younger. And they're the hallmarks of 
you know, of aging. As we get older, our skin cells look younger. Now, some people look younger than their age. I'm sure you've met people like that where all of a sudden they look younger. Well, I think I look younger than my age. No, I think you do. You don't look like a day over 90. And the reality <laughs> is you, you, look, you look younger than your age. People, people, people come up to you. Thank you street. very much. Don't they, they come up to you on the street? And don't they say, Tom, you look so young. That's it. <laughs> the college students were on a college campus. They go by and they say, that's a young-looking old guy. <laughs> that's, that's what they do. But anyway, um, this research was published and it actually got a lot of play in the press because, oh, my goodness, now we're going to be able to make skin cells look younger. Mm -hmm. This is really early stuff, and it actually is important. If we could reprogram a number of cells to work younger, they might do better. And when it comes to skin cells, they actually have a function, especially, uh, uh, you know, protects our, protects our body. But whether or not this research, you're going to be able to get something from this company to make your skin cells look younger in the near future, don't. Hold your breath. 800-462-7413. Let's get rid of that topic and welcome our next caller, a listener in Fontana, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi, Dr. Pastor and Tom. I'm 75 years old, and I'm trying to solve a medical mystery. Back in 2015, I had a sudden and severe pain in my upper back, and I was immediately taken to our local clinic here in Williams Bay, uh, where I was diagnosed with a dissection of the ascending aorta. I was rushed by ambulance to a nearby hospital for emergency surgery, where my there were, my thoracic surgeon and his team were waiting for me in the hallway, so I knew I was in serious trouble. The surgery to repair the aorta was successful. It lasted about eight hours, and I was on a heart-lung bypass machine. So here's the mystery. Prior to my surgery, I had tinnitus for 45 years. While I was recuperating, I became aware of the sound of silence for the first time in all those years, and I couldn't believe it. My tinnitus was gone, and the, the condition definitely came from my time touring as a rocker, playing incredibly loud music. Um, I was in a Chicago rock band in the late 1960s. They recorded a million-seller record. I wow. spent 18 months in there. 18 months on the road playing alongside many of the biggest names in the era. It was a great experience, but my hearing paid a price. Mm -hmm. So since, since the tinnitus went away, I've searched for answers. I've talked with my surgeon, my cardiologist, and other doctors trying to understand how this phenomenon could have occurred, but so far, no luck. It's now seven years, and the tinnitus has not returned. So I'm just hoping you might be able to help solve this mystery and possibly help others suffering from this condition. Oh, no. I've, I've got the answer. You know what it is? No. Magic. That's the answer. Yeah, I think It's magic. I think so. The answer is, it's magic. Who knows what was going on? I can tell you one thing. People on the heart-lung machine often have changes that occur neurologically in their body. We know that depression is much more common. We know uh, even panic disorder can be you know, much more common. So my guess is, and th this is probably the best guess you'll get, is that because the heart-lung machine is not the same as your body, something no. occurred in your brain, in the hearing centers of your brain, that reprogrammed your brain not to hear the tinnitus, which really comes from, you know, from injury to the cochlea, you know, inside your, your ear, which is how we hear. Yeah. So there was some reprogramming that actually occurred in some way. It's sort of like turned off the computer and let's boot it up again. Who knows why? But it was probably, my guess is it was from the heart-lung machine. So I'm not going to recommend that if people want to get rid of the tinnitus that they go on a heart-lung machine, but no. that's the best no. explanation. The other best explanation is magic. Then we could also say karma. Who knows what it was? There is no clear answer for it. But clearly, that's wonderful. Now, I developed tinnitus probably five years ago. I was not in a rock band. I didn't listen to loud music. I'm just older, and I developed tinnitus. So... I never hear silence anymore, mm, so it's interesting. interesting yeah. But it was very nice after 45 years, wasn't it, to hear silence? Oh, my gosh. It, it was. I Actually, I posted the whole situation on a tinnitus forum, and, and one person actually wrote back and said, 
he was going to ask his doctor if he could have open heart surgery just to get rid of it. <laughs> oh, some people are very much bothered by it. I mean, I know yeah. what you mean. I'm not. I mean, I can easily get my brain uh, to the other side of it, so I'm not bothered. Uh, you know, I'm bothered by it at times, but if I leave sound on in the background, I'm usually not bothered by it. So I often have a radio yeah, on or I, some. I'm sure that's. Is that what right. you did? Yeah, I actually. Well, sleeping was the main thing. I had to have some kind of white noise furnace. Yeah. A furnace blower on or something, and I was fine. And you get and you do get used to it. Uh, Most but people. to actually have silence again was how wonderful. It was, uh, how wonderful. It yeah. brought tears to my eyes, and I I just I'm glad uh, to hear uh, your feelings about it because uh, yeah, everybody kind of looks at me like I'm nuts when I'm you know, when I'm asking because they say well it can sometimes it can cause it I think. Uh, local anesthesia or certain things might be able to, it could, to cause it. It could be brain. the anesthesia, but my guess is uh, if it were the anesthesia, enough people are put to sleep that have tinnitus, you know, who have surgery, and they don't wake up from the surgical, you know, suite and say, oh, my goodness, my tinnitus has disappeared. Right. You don't hear that. And anesthesia is very, very common. So uh, my guess is it's not the anesthesia, but I'll tell you, the heart-lung machine can do different things neurologically. We know that. That's my best guess. And the second guess is magic. So, what was it like being? What was it like being a rock star in the '60s? <laughs> you know, it was an incredible experience, and um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I was a teetotaler along with four of the other nine guys on tour, so the the whole drug part of it was never a part of my life. Uh-huh. But boy, the uh, just the experience was was terrific. Oh, and sure. um, what bands were you in? The band was The Shadows of Night. Their big hit was Gloria. Oh, wow. Gloria. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Yep. So we had a we had a good, a fine time touring with the, the Stones and many other groups at that time. Ike and Tina Turner, you name it. And some great, great blues musicians as well, since uh, Muddy Waters and Holland Wolf wrote some of the songs that we played. How wonderful. And, uh, how wonderful! Uh, it was a it was a terrific experience. But like any of the groups back then, back then you'd pile your amplifier, your speakers, right, right, right. There was no concept. Right, no, there was no concept of it. There was no concept no, of that no. of that for that. And the other issue, of course, is being a teetotaler. You were much safer because the big issue is, you know, being being a celebrity in a rock band is actually, if you look at it from uh, from a point of view of danger, it's one of the most dangerous occupations. You know, for for a whole I, bunch indeed. of other. Yeah, indeed. So, well, congratulations. You now well, have heard. Much. You now have heard the sound of silence. And thanks so much for shedding light on it. I, on the subject, I. Uh, it's great to hear. So, it's. I just was looking for answers. That's a good one. So, thanks for your call. Thanks much. And you thanks bet. For Thank sharing. you very much. Thanks. Yeah. Nice call at eight hundred. Four six two seven four one three. So, can you imagine? You get the song Gloria. I mean, you're a hit. Then you're touring with a rock band, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, there. Yeah, and he was yeah. a teetotaler. So, I mean, they're all getting stones and stuff for whatever he's, he doesn't want to. It had to be a wonderful. I mean, what wonderful memories. But it's interesting. I bet it was the heart lung machine that did it because it does strange things. Hey, Brad, can you cue up that song for us? I loved Gloria. Now, let's go to a voicemail from a listener at Jacksonville, Florida. I was just wondering if drinking a lot of cranberry juice actually helps relieve a UTI. That's what I've just been told by everybody, and I'm not actually sure it works. Well, that's that actually is is a good question. In order to actually acidify the urine and and do that, you'd actually have to drink quite a lot of cranberry juice. And in fact, cranberry juice is cranberry juice cocktail because it actually has to have a lot of sugar or it has to have non-sugar sweetener in it to make it palatable because it's a very bitter, a very bitter taste. Um, some say that it really does work. It's an old folk remedy that some say works. Uh, uh, scientific research has really shown very little for the regular cranberry juice that we drink. Some people will then take cranberry juice capsules. They'll take maybe two to three capsules three times a day to help. Hydration may help. A lot of urinary tract infections actually get better on their own. I mean, not everyone is actually treated. So I do recommend when uh, when men, especially when women, where UTIs are much more common, uh, if they get recurrent UTIs, that they actually drink cranberry juice and see if they cut it down. Individual circumstance, and the reason why you're seeing a difference 
difference of opinion is it doesn't work for everyone, but it does work for some. Mm. Before we head out today, Zorba, we don't mind taking our lumps from the grammar police or hearing people's complaints during our disagreeing with the doc segment, but every now and then, it's just nice to hear that we're doing a good job. The following email came to us from a listener named Heather. Good morning, Dr. Pastor. I want to tell you how delightful it was to share some time with you at the UPS store and Walgreens. (laughs) Your infectious personality made my day. The joy that you radiated seems in short supply these days. I did not recognize you at the time, but my husband knew instantly. I'm so glad he did, and it provided me this opportunity to tell you how our conversations that day impacted me. What an important reminder to be kind and open to all I meet. Thank you for that. That's very, very nice. Very nice. I actually know... I do remember the conversation because we ca- I came to the UPS store. I don't remember. I came there early in the morning, and I thought, oh, there's no one standing around. And what happened was someone was there, and they had, like, in front of us, and I, I was standing with this woman, like 10 packages or something that had to be checked in. And so I had a conversation, and the conversation came by, oh, my goodness, we could either stand here and be really frustrated and upset because we have to spend five minutes of our time standing here, or we can just talk and have a nice day. And then we carried on this conversation, which was really, which was really quite nice. And I, it's a wonderful, wonderful letter. And I think it's the importance of sometimes in our workaday world, we think, my goodness, we got to stand here. We got thirty more seconds. I got to get somewhere else. And we spend not enough time thinking about the joys of life. Pretty nice. Thank you for that letter. How's Dr. Zorba helped you? Please share your story with us. You can post on our Facebook page, or you can always send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. See you next week, Zorba. Stay well, Tom. If you miss anything during the show or just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web at ZorbaPastor.org or, of course, through Facebook. And don't forget you can call us anytime to leave us your question at 800-462-7413. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It's not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Tom Clark, asking you to join us on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's Healthy Living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's zorbapastor.org.